contracts. Intellectual property. Labor law. And much more. Make up to the wonderful world of entertainment law. Let's take a moment and learn about this vast area law. Lights, camera, action. And scene. Hey, hi, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of End Scene, an entertainment law podcast. I'm Tony Lee Costas. And I'm Evan Narr. And I'm 28 years old now, Tony. <laughs> Uh, well, it was you're, you're nearing the 30 year mark and hold on to your 20s as long as you can <laughs> i know i know it was my birthday on february 6th uh turned the good old 28 uh my body has continuously deteriorated over the years so <laughs> i age age is just a number and but i mean that literally truly truly i i do have to ask though uh you know even though the body may be deteriorating you are a year wiser how does uh how do you feel how's the mindset going into year 28 of your life same shit different day <laughs> <laughs> part part of my french listeners uh, we're all you, adults you, here you, you just you just start to you know don't sweat the small stuff. I was uh, that was instilled in me in kindergarten by my my teacher, uh, Mrs. Breger, Lene, uh, and she always said, "Don't sweat the small stuff." My dad did too. And you know what? As time goes on, you just can't get like, you know, bent out of shape and mired in penny and petty, you know, discourse. You just got to do your thing, man. I yeah, think that absolutely. comes with age. You just totally. gotta, you know. Let the bygones be bygones. So. That's totally true. Amen to I'm, that. I'm almost to your ripe age. What are you? Thirty? You're 31, right? 32. <sighs> I wish. No, I'm going to turn 35 in uh, April. What? Yeah. yeah, I know. I can't believe it. I was 30 years old when I started teaching at New York Law School. That is crazy to think. Can you? Well, I will. I will say you have a lot of youth to you as a 35 year old. We have seven years of difference in between us. Yes. Yes. Wow. And you're, you're like literally, you know, my, my comrade here. I feel like we were, you're two years older than me. I feel like what happened was we both came out of someone's womb together and a time traveler time traveled some, one of us to different universes, to different timelines, because we are, we are separated at birth in so many ways, honestly, but maybe that's what happened. Maybe it. that was a narrative. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> well, Destin, Destiny brought us together and Destiny brought us together for this episode 39. Uh, it's a very licensing heavy um, podcast for you. First of all, there was, was it an expo or something today, uh, Tony, with this, no, actually, all these Disney? Actually, it was an uh, earnings call, quarter Q1 oh. earnings call. And as a matter of fact, uh, Bob Iger had a pretty, uh, pretty interesting, I would say pretty good for the most part, um, interview with CNBC, where he unrolled a lot of the news that came out today um, in the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, so we will talk about some of Disney's announcements, uh, most notably their deal with Epic Games, uh, the creator of Fortnite, as well as the news that broke, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, that there is an intent to make a huge sports streaming platform where Fox, Warner Brothers Discovery, and ESPN, owned by Disney, would come together to make a one-stop shop for sports streaming. Uh, we'll get into that. Additionally, Snoop Doggy Dog has his own um, cereal brand, and he is suing... Uh, Walmart and several other 
um, stores for not selling his cereal and intentionally using deceptive practices to hide it or say that something wasn't in stock mm. to really, you know, bankrupt this company. And, you know, um, I would say kind of affect their market share. So we'll get into that. Uh, I think that's some kind of my bread and butter because I deal with licensing agreements a lot where there was obviously some sort of licensing agreement here. Uh, and we'll get into why this could be problematic. And then the fun question in light of the Super Bowl happening this weekend with uh, good old Usher with the halftime show, Tony and I will share our favorite Usher collaboration song that he has done uh, with any of the numerous artists that he's worked with over his storied career. And before we get into that, Tony, please, with our disclaimer. As always, Evan and I are lawyers, but we're not your lawyers. So anything that we say in today's episode is purely our opinion and not representative of our employers in any way, shape, and form. And anything that we say in today's episode is to not be construed as legal advice. Perfect. I love it. Let's dive right in. Let's first, uh, we'll, we'll save the epic news for after. And that's not a pun. That's like literally the name <laughs> of the company. Uh, let, let, let's first start talking about ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers. Uh, collaborating to make a sports streaming platform, which basically just reminds me of cable. But anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> we let, let's let's paint the picture. So streaming is is the way to watch content now. I mean, all these subscription services. That's how these companies are really making money. I mean, you know, they these entertainment companies usually rely on ad space and people advertising on their channels. But you know, uh, Disney. Uh, whatever hbo fox nbc like everyone is putting sports on the platform amazon is known most notably for streaming thursday night football uh i believe it's really the only place you can watch it obviously peacock was the home to one of the nfl playoff games but i think you could simultaneously watch that on nbc the actual parent company of peacock but i'm not entirely sure Anyway, all this to say that streaming is the way that people are going right now. So why not collaborate with three of the biggest entertainment behemoths and create one go-to sports streaming platform? Tony and I were discussing this, and then this just rings maybe antitrust. And Tony, we've discussed this before, but why don't you uh, share with the listeners what that means and why this could be problematic? Absolutely. So let's let's address the elephant in the room here, which is that this is a monumental move in the streaming space. I don't think people realize the magnitude of this news that you have essentially three competitors coming together to provide a streaming service that could give cable providers a run for their money. I mean, you you said it at the top of the of, of the uh, segment, Evan. The the fact that. Uh, you know, it sounds like cable. It, it is. It's just that we're. It's being catered to the cord cutting community. These are. This is a service that uh, doesn't require contracts or commitments to a. Uh, you know, a cable package that you. You know, you're not subscribing to meaningless channels that you don't need to worry about, but rather you're having access instantaneously to channels like ESPN, like ESPN Plus, SEC Network, ABC, Fox, FS1, FS2, TNT, TBS, all these channels that broadcast anything from NBA games to NFL games to even the NCAA March Madness. They are now all going to be readily available. Um, apparently, the the number that's floating around is 40 bucks. Uh I don't know if that's on a per month basis or if there's going to be like a one flat. It, has, for the it, has it, would, to be. it would probably it has have to, to be, be the monthly. Yeah, exactly. Now, 
all that to say, I uh, was talking to Evan and I, you know, I can't help but think that this is going to raise some questions from an antitrust perspective. And we've talked about it before in the podcast, but for just a reminder for the listeners, antitrust deals with essentially anti-competitive activity that we live in an open marketplace where consumers can have options to choose whatever products they want, to choose whatever services they want, to go anywhere they want and take their business there. And when you talk about streaming services, that is quite literally the open marketplace. You have Max, Peacock, you have Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, Hulu, uh, MGM Plus, all these different services. Netflix. Netflix, right? You have all these different services readily available. And now all of a sudden where... You know, Paramount has its own streaming sports streaming component, and Max has its own streaming component, and Peacock, uh, and so on and so forth. Now, all of a sudden, you have three again major media companies coming together to form their own streaming service. The question now becomes: Would a court of law, would the SEC, would the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and the SEC being the Security and Exchange Commission? Would they view this as anti-competitive activity? Now, I will say I don't think the SEC would necessarily get involved because there's not an acquisition necessarily taking place. There's not a merger taking place. But it would raise the question if, let's say, what's stopping NBC essentially from suing Fox, Warner Brothers Discovery, and ABC, uh, Walt Disney Company for antitrust violations under the Sherman Antitrust Act, saying that what they are inherently doing is creating anti-competitive activity by restricting, uh, you know, the consumers from freely choosing where they want to shop around and watch sports. Yeah. And I, I, I hear you and I agree. Um, but the thing is, is that, and the reason why I think now makes sense for these three sides is because you have the likes of Google, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, which have FU money, you yes. know, for lack of a better term. Totally. And it's not like these companies are crying poverty either, but I mean, far and away, these companies like Google, Amazon, Apple have just a insurmountable amount of money. So that's why it does make sense from uh, a competitive standpoint for everyone to get together. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at an article now. A gentleman by the name of Kevin Krim, the president and CEO of a ad measurement firm, EDO, um, basically said that the thing that's tr- triggering all of this is the NBA. We yeah. see time and again that the NBA is the second best franchise on TV behind the NFL. And you're sort of start- starting at that renegotiation and new bids coming in could include those companies I mentioned Absolutely. and others. It's a good way to team up and stay competitive. Um, you know, and now these companies, uh, entertainment's a very weird, weird world right now. And whether that is increasing the prices of the streaming services or collaborating and merging, not merging, but working with other competitors in certain areas, you have to see these companies getting crafty. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. This just came out yesterday. So we'll see if this does move forward. One, one more, also, one more ahead, thought, sure. actually, I was going to mention, um, it, I, I I can't help but think that this is probably all three companies' way of responding to cable providers saying, you didn't make the service readily available for consumers. We're, we're going to basically do it for them. And I, I, have, I, I have no doubt that Disney, 
Warner Brothers Discovery and Fox Sports will have to have that hard conversation with those cable providers telling them that this is not necessarily their way of taking business away from them, but just adding an additional option for consumers. I think that they could equal, you know, and I'm talking like the charter communications that the one, the, the company that owns Spectrum, Verizon, uh, you know, Comcast, I have no doubt that they're going to be very much in the forefront paying attention and hey, maybe they're going to be the ones that are going to be pursuing the antitrust uh, lawsuits against all three companies, but very much a wait and see approach. Either way, incredible news. I'm like over the moon when, when uh, Evan texted me, it. I was like, wow, this is quite literally game changing. He did say that. <laughs> I, I, no could, I, could, I could attest. <laughs> um, game changing, literally. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's transition on. This news just broke today. Unbelievable news. Uh, Disney and Epic Games, Epic Games, the parent company of Fortnite, uh, they are going to collaborate and create an open games and entertainment universe that's connected to Fortnite. And during all this, Disney invested one5 billion dollars to acquire an equity stake in epic games this is i think the smartest decision for disney and i say that because disney has invested billions of dollars in the intellectual property of lucasfilm marvel you you name it building up the the park experiences avatar is under the disney umbrella um you know 20th century so to create a game Kind of like Virtual Magic Kingdom. Did you ever play that back in the yes. day? VMK? Yes, I did. What actually. a game. What that was a awesome. Game. <laughs> so where you can travel to different worlds that that are, you know, the intellectual property of Disney. I'm looking at a picture right now. There's a world that has, it looks like Monsters University and Wreck-It Ralph, like the, um, and, and Nightmare Before Christmas. And then I there's another one that Arendelle. has. Yeah, Arendelle. There, there's one that's uh, Lucasfilms and then Toy Story. It's it's an incredible thought to do. And I watched a brief trailer as well. Uh, you know, it's really cool that you could play as Indiana Jones and maybe cross over into Anna and Elsa or something like that. Yep. It's kind of like Kingdom Hearts a little bit, yep. but much more of a deepened um, sort of relationship between the, the IP. And the great thing is with this is that Disney doesn't even need to pay any licensing fees. They are the ones that own all of these intellectual property marks. So it's really just creating from here. What do you make of this, Tony? And I think you mentioned also that Disney had already been previously um, collaborating with Epic Games in some Fortnite skins and playable characters. Yeah, they were actually um, already licensing out some of the characters um, when movies came out. Like I, I remember when Avengers Endgame came out, they were... You could play as Thanos or you could play as, um, you know, any of the Avengers. And I know at some point they even had some Star Wars characters featured, like you could play Darth Vader. Um, it is, this is, a, a, again, Disney killed it today in the earnings call. And this is just further testament of uh, how they are just building on their IP portfolio to, to merge with Fortnite, which or Epic Games, which has produced Fortnite and has been single-handedly one of the most successful free-to-play type of games out there. Obviously, you have to pay for like certain coins and skins and whatnot, but it has been such a moneymaker. I think to merge with them it, it, and have this joint venture is going to change Disney's stake in the gaming industry. Um, and I think at some point they wanted to get in this space. 
they have with Kingdom Hearts, as you mentioned, but I don't think it had the same commercial success as Fortnite necessarily has or any other uh, gaming franchise. This will change the narrative entirely. And maybe they're going to create not necessarily skins for Fortnite, but they may create original games that kind of have this shared universe as well. And you know, you're the licensing guru, Evan, you know, full well how, you know, the licensing game uh, space works. If it thrives and it does well, there's going to be a nice royalty split or, you know, a a profit share between both entities. And Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that, you know, hardcore Fortnite gamers, gamers, generally speaking, and even Disney fans are probably going to embrace it. Obviously the, the MacGuffin, the, 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 the core point, uh, the, the key factor here is going to be if the game is even good, you can't, you can't just say, ah, Disney Fortnite and, and hope that people, you know, flock to play the game. You have to have a good storyline. It has to be, you know, worth playing because I'll be honest with you. I loved playing Madden early on, but Madden is very glitchy these days. I'm not crazy about playing Madden now, but that's because EA hasn't invested the time and effort to improving the game over the course of years. And I think that, they can learn a thing or two, you know, uh, Disney can learn a thing or two from, from that example, that it's important for them to create alongside Epic games, a narrative that's going to essentially sell and, and draw that, uh, that interest. So really, really ins- insane news. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see what's to come. I have three things I want to say. First of all, I have a question. Have sure. you ever played Fortnite? No, never have. Neither, neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 all I, I know is the all I know is that you could like dance at random moments, victory it, royale or something. Yeah. And and it was I, the uh, it was the uh, it was the heart of actually a lot of different lawsuits from choreographers. Yes. And so yeah, I I have never played it. I do have a PS5, and so do you. Maybe it's worth test trying it. Tonight. We we'll do it for research purposes for the audience. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tell our significant others that it's for yeah. research. Uh, that was my first thing. Second thing I want to say is that I think there is a trend that video games are the the premier way to do well in this entertainment space. You saw, um, my, my God, I'm forgetting the name. I mean, obviously, Halo has a show on Paramount. The Last of Us is a game. Uh, they actually just released on HBO, uh, on Max, a behind-the-scenes look of The Last of Us Part Two, like creating the game. There, there's this other one too. Is it like Warzone or something? There's like a a popular video game that's coming out uh, in um, in movie format or TV format. Is it the Warhammer Four Thousand, the one that uh, that uh, Henry Cavill's Henry working Cavill? On? No, no, no. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. I know that Walter Walton Goggins is going to be in it, so I will just look at his filmography right now and let you know. <laughs> that's a nice easy hack. It is called Fallout. Oh, Fallout. Fallout is, oh, yes. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. I totally forgot that they were doing Fallout is releasing on Prime yes. in April. So, that's right. you know, it, it is investing in video games and anime and all of these things is the premier thing. And I actually, I had coffee with my good friend, Simon Pullman, and we talked about this, uh, this exact thing. And he is very bullish on video games, and I could not agree more. Uh, and then lastly, I think Disney needed to do something because I think you saw Universal's announcement with their expansion of the park. This was the definition of your move, Disney. And this is a great counterpunch to Universal's news. Totally, totally. Now, that said, I think that 
uh, Disney still, you know, has a lot to catch up to on the park side of it. Although there is rumors that uh, they're in the process of getting uh, building permits to renovate Galactic Star Cruiser. We don't know what. We don't know if it's going to be an expansion of Galaxy's Edge. We don't know if they're going to make it a hotel that's Star Wars themed. We just don't know. But um, Epic Universe actually looks amazing. But uh, yeah, this was... This was pretty uh, a pretty bold move. Also, you know, uh, I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but um, part of the news from Disney's earnings call today was that they got the rights to the Eros Tour, which uh, is now going to stream yes. on Disney Plus. I think in a couple of weeks, that is amazing. That's going to draw membership on Disney Plus, no questions asked. This is, I mean, if you 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 could not have asked for more textbook, per, picture perfect. Uh, quarter one for a media company. This was literally winning for for Disney. Yep, we will see what happens. And yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, let's move on to Snoop Dogg. This is very interesting, and this is kind of going to be a, a licensing heavy discussion. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll share our thoughts here. So let's set the stage. So Snoop Dogg, his real name is Calvin Broadus. I prefer Snoop Dogg, uh, <laughs> but in any event, he co-founded a food brand. Uh, called Broadus, after his namesake, Broadus Foods. And he co-founded it with Percy, quote-unquote, Master P. Miller uh, to create Broadus Foods. And one of the things they did was create Snoop Cereal. So obviously Snoop Dogg, he's not featured on it. Obviously it's named after him. And there is a, um, a mascot. It looks like a blue dog I'm looking at right now. Yep. Anyway, uh, what's crazy is, so let's talk about the licensing agreement. We have the licensor, the person who owns a trademark, and you have the licensee, usually a third-party manufacturer who is proficient in making, um, you know, a certain product. And they, the the licensor says, okay, we don't really know how to make cereal that much. We're going to rely on XX licensee to make it for us. And in return, they'll give us royalties and all these sales made. So all this to say, um, I'm not entirely sure who the licensing parties are here. Um, I imagine there's a third party, unless Broadest Food in in um, has their own manufacturers that they work for that that they create their own food. I imagine there is some third party, a licensee. In licensing agreements, actually, let me let me rewind a little bit. The reason why we're talking about this is because of a lawsuit that was brought by Snoop Dogg and Master P claiming that Walmart and competitor Post Brands, Post Owns, you know, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you name it, they tried to sabotage the success of Snoop Cereal by preventing it from reaching consumers through deceptive practices, especially at Walmart. Uh, some of what they're alleging is that they would say that the cereal was sold out. Walmart did when employees or w- when uh, customers asked, but employees found several boxes of the breakfast entree in stock rooms that were quote unquote coded not to be put out on the store shelves for months. The lawsuit alleges um, apparently this all this is the allegation because Snoop Dogg and Master P refused to sell Snoop cereal in totality. Post entered a false arrangement where they could choke Broadus Foods out of the market, thereby preventing Snoop cereal from being sold or produced 
by any competitor. And then they allege a, a racial issue here. Um, you know, this is a high profile black owned cereal company. And they the reason they, they started this was to inspire economic empowerment by adding diversity into the grocery store industry. So there's a lot. Uh, also, this this is a zinger too. The boxes were also placed in the baby section rather than the cereal aisle. <laughs> I can't so get over that. That, that, that that's unbelievable. I want to share uh, a termination provision that I see in my licensing agreements. But before I do that, I wanted to ask you, Tony, if you have any thoughts on what's going on here. Well, this is a pretty uh, this is a pretty uh, hardy lawsuit. I, I think a lot of this is going to boil down to, um, you know, if this was the norm across a number of Walmart stores. I mean, the way these types of lawsuits work, you really cannot go off of one sample size of a store yeah. or even a smaller set. So, you know, obviously the burden is on Snoop and team to really prove that a, a variety, a garden variety of Walmart stores were housing all these different cereals behind the scenes. Um, but I, I will say this, it's I, I think what's going to really trigger how this case is going to go is a look at the 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 deal between Walmart and uh Broadus Foods with respect to like what obligations, what rep and warranties were made on Walmart's part to sell. They probably would have to make certain obligations to advertise the product, not just online, but maybe in the store, they would have to make likely the contract would have to contain some type of provision that they had to, you know, make it available in a place that would be readily seen by consumers. So to your point about putting it in the baby food section, the or the baby section, the question is, is that a readily available spot that w customers could see? Like probably not. I, I think knowing, knowing, the brand that Snoop Dogg has created and the obviously the potential commercial success for the cereal. I have no doubt in my mind that he probably would have negotiated for the, the cereal boxes to be in the front of the store at a bare minimum. And if that's not the case, then you're looking at a clear breach of contract issue uh, on Walmart's part. Now, that said, you know, I, I think uh, what I'm curious to see is going to be Walmart's response to this. They have released a comment where they stated that, uh, quote, Walmart uh, values our relationships with our suppliers, and we have a strong history of supporting entrepreneurs. Many factors affect the sales of any given product, including consumer demand, seasonality, and price, to name a few. We will respond as appropriate with the court once we are served with the complaint. So, uh, mm. you know, to be determined, but... Like I Bunch said, a way of saying uh, nothing. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, it this does pack a punch as a lawsuit for sure. And then one last thing uh, before we transition off on this: in a lot of licensing agreements that I see, there is a uh, affirmative action for the licensee to, you know, use their best efforts or good faith, uh, commence in good faith to, and I'm quote quoting uh, a contract that I've seen manufacture, distribute, and offer for sale and sell products no later than the market date. The market date's usually in the schedule on when you need to have it in the market. And then it goes on to say, or if licensee ceases to sell licensed products for any consecutive three-month period thereafter. So according to the lawsuit, this has been happening for months. Mm -hmm. So this is clearly a way, uh, if Snoop wanted to, he can terminate the agreement. And moreover, there's these things called minimum guarantees. It's how much the licensee needs to pay the licensor. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, he could, if he really wanted to, depending on the contract is, is structured, ask for 
all the payment of the outstanding minimum guarantees owed to him uh, because there was a breach of this for multiple months on end. Sure. Again, the contracts that I work on might be different than the ones that they were working on, uh, but I imagine there's some similarity. So very interesting. Not only do, do I think that Snoop has a termination right, but also might have some uh, recourse monetarily uh, for the lack of using good faith efforts to display uh, at Walmart, amongst other places. So this this news just dropped today at hours before we were recording. So we thought we would talk about that. I, I actually have something funny about the Snoop, uh, Snoop cereal. Did you know, I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that originally he was going to call it Snoop Poops and Kellogg's went after him? Really? Yes. He was going to call Why? it Snoop Poops. Uh, because Kellogg's owns Fruit Loops, and uh, uh, he re- attempted to register the trademark for Snoop Poops, and uh, obviously consumer when, confusion. Yeah, exactly. There's the consumer confusion component. Ironically enough, if you even look at the Snoop Poops box, it has obviously the character is not a toucan, but it does feature cereal that looks aw- awfully similar to Fruit Loops. The only caveat is it does include marshmallows, but I, I have no mm, doubt that, that the sounds reason good. It actually does sound good. Um, for for context, you know, for research purposes, of course, uh, for uh, it looks like a third of a cup, a one and a third cup serving. It's 150 calories. Uh, I, I think it says 19 grams total of sugar and 160 milligrams of uh, of sodium. I mean, the sugar isn't great, but, you know, for a cereal, 150 calories, not bad. So I guess the, the lesson there is if you're going to eat Snoop cereal, uh, you know, work out a really heavy orange theory class, and then you can enjoy a nice uh, bowl of cereal. There you go. Um, <laughs> and there was one more thing that I wanted to say, but I totally forgot about it. Oh, well, I guess we'll live or maybe we won't. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm really going to be upset that I forgot about this. Okay. I'll think of it. Uh, <laughs> and then lastly, uh, let's wrap it up with our fun question. The Super Bowl is this weekend. Um, in Las Vegas, Usher is the halftime performer. I'm personally hoping that he brings some people out because the last solo act was Justin Timberlake and no disrespect to JT. I found it. Oh no, I'm sorry. Rihanna. I don't think brought out anybody. No, she did not. And neither did Lady Gaga. Okay. No. Maybe I'm just lying here, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just have some, some animosity towards JT because I don't know. I was not thrilled with his performance for some reason. I like I like the big, you know, big numbers and multiple people coming out. Usher has done a fair amount of collaborations in his storied career. Um, we're hoping we see some of them. And Tony, why don't you go first as to what your favorite Usher uh, collaboration is? So uh, there are a lot to choose from. Um, I mean, I, I think the top for me, though, has got to be DJ God has fallen in love. Um, only for one reason. It features... The one and only Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305, the Guarito, the Guarito, Pitbull, Dale. <laughs> so good. So good. It is a great song. It, it's such a a nice, like, upbeat song. Although I got to tell you, I got to read this uh, review. This is from Bill Lamb of About.com. He gave the song 
three and a half stars, praising Usher's vocal delivery and the song's memorable chorus. But he criticized Pitbull's appearance, writing that his verse is, quote, tossed on a commercial gimmick, while also writing that the song doesn't compare well to Usher's OMG, which is a personal favorite of mine also. But I, I think uh, DJ God Has Fallen In Love uh, edges out. It's just like, for me, DJ Fall- God Has Fallen In Love came out in 2010. That was like at the peak of like, my like Tony Oyacosta's prime. I was just about to start my my senior year at college. I I was studying for the LSAT. I was about to go to law school. Like I I had a I was about to start interning at CBS News. Like it was good. It was a good time to be Bachelor Tony at that time. That was probably like if I had a a, a track list for my album of my Bachelor days, this would be the first track that would play on that album. I I. I... Pitbull, a lot of his lyrics, I don't really understand. Uh, not, not, not because, not because he, uh, you know, he just raps he, like Sean Paul. Yeah, just you, you don't know what he's saying, but you just know, God, I got the right temperature to turn you on. But I'm looking at Pitbull's lyrics because the the review that you just shared with me, yeah, this makes no sense at all. I'm just, I'm gonna read it to you. <laughs> Hear no evil, speak no evil, or see no evil. Get it, baby. Hope you catch that, like Tio. That's how we roll. <laughs> My life is a movie and you just TiVo. Mommy got me twisted like a dreadlock. She don't wrestle, but I got her in a headlock. Yabba dabba do, make her bed a rock. Mommy on fire, psh, red hot. Bada bing, bada boom. Mr. Worldwide is a step in the room. I'm a hustle baby, but that you knew. And tonight it's just me and you. Okay, reading it out loud, it, like the yabba dabba do is an, obviously an homage to the Flintstones. He says, make make my bed rock. He, refer- he references T.O., Terrell Owens, the former... Dallas Cowboy receiver. Hope you catch that like T.O. Okay. It's not as bad as I thought, but. <laughs> Listen, remember, he always, like he said, the philosopher Pitbull, um, let's have the time of our lives. What, what was it actually? Uh, he, oh, he, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, let's enjoy this moment, the time of our lives. Uh, wait, actually, now I'm going to find it. Uh, hold on. Pitbull. I know exactly what you're talking about. He he said it Pitbull in a TikTok insert. video. Okay, yeah, I know. okay, okay. Hold on. Uh, okay, here we go. Listen, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So he said, <laughs> "Life is not a waste of time. Time is not a waste of life. So let's not waste any time. Get wasted and have the time of our lives." <laughs> Philosopher he, Pitbull. You know, Pitbull is an incredible entrepreneur and the definition of like a grinder. As much as slack that as he gets. Like, you know, he does sample a lot of songs. The guy has started schools. He's an investor in a ton of companies, and he is deeply invested deeply invested in the Miami community. I have to say that you don't see that often that, you know, someone from a hometown is like coming back and like literally giving. I I think it it is very impressive to see how uh, entrepreneurial he is. Extremely philanthropic. So all the props to you. Mr. Armando Christian Perez, Pitbull. <laughs> uh, mine will have to be, yeah. I know it's kind of basic. We have two features on there, Ludacris and Lil John. And I have a rule of thumb. Depending on how well I know the, the, the couple that I'm going to their wedding, I will request, I'll make friends with the DJ pretty early on to kind of stake my claim. <laughs> I will request Yeah by Usher to come on, and I will wrap Ludacris's ver- uh, verse into the mic. And I, I, again, it really depends. I'm not going to sabotage someone's wedding that I'm like close with, but not too close with. But f- familial weddings. I went to my uncle's wedding. 
absolutely did it there. I went to my friend Alexa's wedding, absolutely did it there. And I'm going to try to do it right now for all the listeners here. Uh, I am not, I'm closing my eyes. Tony can attest this is purely from memory. Actually, before you start, I'm actually pulling up the lyrics right now for yeah. And okay. I'm going to test you or we're, I'm going to give you a grade, Professor T in the house. And uh, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like at an 80%. I'm going to be a solid B. All right. Okay. So tell me when you're ready. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> I'll put on my Luda voice. <clears throat> Watch out. My outfit's ridiculous in the club looking so conspicuous and row. These women all on the prowl. If you hold the head steady, I'm going to milk the cow. But forget about game. I'm going to spit the truth. Won't stop till I get them in their birthday suits. Give me the rhythm and be off with their clothes. Bend it over to the front. Touch your toes. I left the jag and I took the rose. I won't stop till I put them on foot patrol. Ah, how you like me now? Tell me the next lyric. Uh, uh, when my pinky's with, with, valued with, my, with over three hundred thousand. Uh, what's the what, what's the next one? <laughs> Let's drink. Let's drink. Let's drink. One to please, little Chris. Feel cups like double D's. Me and Ush once more gonna leave them dead. I got a lady in the street, but a freak in the bed. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give you an A minus on that one. That was very good. That's very an A minus. It's a solid A minus. That's an A minus. Usually, when, a- usually when I'm doing it at a wedding, I'll kind of just mumble those parts. I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, who with my pinkies valued over three hundred thousand? <laughs> Let's drink you to one of all right. I'm gonna remember it, and f- come time for my wedding in June, you will see a stellar A plus version. Excellent! I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I love it. All right, that'll bring us to the end of this episode 39. Uh, quick and easy for you guys. Fun, uh, really interesting topics, and and very relevant too. Literally within the last 48 hours, uh, all these news drops. So. Uh, you guys will probably hear this on Friday, but still, it's it's still relevant. I would say within the last week, um, that will that will bring us to the end here. I want to thank our good friends at P and T Knitwear uh, for being our grassroots campaign there and letting us record there our first few episodes. You know, you know what? I think we need to make a comeback for the one year anniversary next week. I think we're going to have to put in an email to search. You know, on come Valentine's back to the Day? homeland. <laughs> come back to the yeah. homeland. We should. Um, thank you to my cousin, Hunter Zarin, for the theme song. Absolutely crushed it. Thank you to, my God, the listeners. And who else am I missing? Oh, you forgot Shake. Even though Shake. We're, Shake. We, 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 go check us out. Shake, S-H-A-Y-K. <laughs> Use your for all code end scene. We're so bad with it. We got we to gotta get better on, the, on that. We got to get stage. better. Ugh. We're sorry. There's so um, much to do. Anyway. So, so, many th- so many places to go. <laughs> so many places to go. We're, we're, we're busy. We're busy. And that will bring us to the end. Until next time, same time, same place, and scene.